or not, Yoshi? That is the immediate question facing Ben Charrington and the rest of the front office. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates with the most regrettably cliched intro I might add. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. There seems to be an increasingly universal sentiment that the designated hitter is coming to the National League in 2022. There isn't an article, a commentary, or anything coming out of the World Series where most of the baseball media that's still active is assembled that doesn't presume that. It's just supposed to be part of it. It might be one of the last pieces put into place in the labor agreement, but it's going to be one of them. As such... The Pirates aren't an exception in that they're going to need one of these things too. And they already had one. Yoshi Tsutsugo profiles in every way, shape, and form as a DH. When you see a player struggle in the field, there's a reflex to say, well, he should be a DH or trade him to an American League team. When in fact that player almost always isn't good enough to be a DH, meaning a good enough hitter. Your DH should be one of your two or three best hitters in the lineup. I don't think that's overstating it. Uh, You're not going to see a lot of situations where the DH is the very best hitter. We're a long ways off from Edgar Martinez or Albert Bell. But it's got to be one of your best bats. And if you look at what the Pirates have done in interleague play for years now, they'll take someone, you know, like a Josh Bell, Colin Moran, and I guess to some extent those guys fit that category within, you know, who they were being compared against internally. Yoshi is... All of that. He's not any good defensively, like at any position. And he can really hit. Yoshi slashed 268, 347, 535 with eight home runs and 25 RBIs with the Pirates, meaning from the time they brought him in in mid-August. There was a lot of pop there to all fields, to all situations. Yeah, he struggled with the fastball. That was what really got him buried in both Tampa and L.A. But that was a matter of catching up. He wasn't seeing uh, 98, 99-mile-an-hour heat in Japan where the pitching emphasis there remains on off-speed stuff. It's been that way historically, and it's still there. So when Yoshi figured out how to hit the slow stuff, Yoshi was Babe Ruth. Here, he came over and saw that there's a whole nother level when it comes to velocity. But he did start catching up. To an extent, you could see that the heat was still giving him trouble in Pittsburgh, and eventually he started seeing nothing but heat 
But you know what? He did keep hitting. He cooled off a little bit, but he didn't exactly fall off the face of the earth. The catch with Yoshi, well, there's a couple of them. One is whether or not there will be a DH. We can all talk about it. We can speculate it. And we can sound confident about it. But what any of us, including Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, knows about the next labor agreement is a great big zilch. Not least of which is whether or not they'll reach one. So to say that we can be completely certain that there will be a DH is a flaw in this argument in and of itself. You've almost got to know that there will be a DH in order to make a push to bring back Yoshi. The second one is, wow, like, what do you pay the guy? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends over at North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone, home of the city's best baseball atmosphere for any eatery, not just because it's wall-to-wall Pirates memorabilia, great stuff too, by the way, but also because of all the TVs being set to the baseball playoff games that are going on and everything else. And, and again, you're right across the street from PNC Park. Check out North Shore Tavern. You'll be happy that you did. What do you pay Yoshi? He's 30 years old. He's not going to be part of your like long-distance future, you wouldn't think. Do you go out of your way to try to aggressively outbid other teams that might have looked at what he did with the Pirates in those six weeks and said, hey, that's real. That's the guy that everybody thought the Rays and the Dodgers were getting from Japan. We'd love to have that guy. Do you get into a war against other teams if and when he does reach actual free agency, which, by the way, begins five days after the conclusion of of the World Series, so there isn't a firm date for it. It has to be after the the championship is won. Because what happens then is you're looking at a lot of teams in the National League that are going to be looking for DHs, right? Including teams that are contending and almost all teams having way more flexibility to spend than what the Pirates have. How many years do you offer? Uh, How much weight do you put into six weeks of really solid productivity at the plate versus everything else that he had done with Tampa and with L.A. beforehand? It's really unusual. If I'm the Pirates, and, and Charrington did acknowledge, by the way, late last week that the Pirates are in dialogue, with Yoshi and his representatives, and that they'd be interested in bringing him back. That's obviously as far as he was going to go, and I'm surprised he even acknowledged that much. But if you're the Pirates, I could see where you would set an internal price in an internal term and say, we're absolutely not going over this. Like, there's no way we're going over this. And by the time he hits the open market, and he gets two or three offers that are better than ours, see ya. Go right ahead. That's 
kind of what I'm expecting to happen here, which is also why I'm kind of expecting that Yoshi won't be brought back. This won't break my heart. I think it'd be neat to have him. I think he'd add a lot to the team over the next year or two. And there'd be some value to that, if only because, you know, the stuff that I'm talking about regularly, you can't just keep being a catastrophe and expect people to see progress, meaning at the big league level. But I'm not going to shed tears over a bad-only guy signing somewhere else if the Pirates do, in fact, make a reasonable offer. So what is a reasonable offer? You know, I could look at something along the lines of two years and... I don't know, 12, 2 and 12, 12 million? Does that seem to work out okay? I mean, you're not committing too far ahead into the future. You're taking him through his age 32 or 33 season. You're giving him a pretty good payday. You're staying right along the lines of what he was just being paid in the contract that he signed with the Rays to come over. And it's definitely more than what he would get by going back to Japan. He wants to stay here. He did tell us that much before he left. And by here, I mean in North America. He's he's determined to stay in the majors. And he liked Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh liked him, and we'll see how it goes. I just wouldn't pin, like, some great big hopes on this and think, oh, this is it. This is the make-or-break thing. It's just the first thing that happens to line up for the start of free agency. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for just one question. And today's entry comes from Gary, who asks, if the Pirates operated exactly like the Rays, and let's pretend they do it just as well as the Rays, would this fan base accept what that looks like? In other words, do style points count more than results? Oh, man. I mean, I'd love to tell you that in Pittsburgh, they'd have no problem with the Pirates getting to the World Series yanking Blake Snell with a chance to win it because that's just how they roll, and then immediately trading Blake Snell off for parts. I'd love to tell you that'd be okay around here, but we all know the answer to that. And it's one reason. No, 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 wait. It's the main reason that I'm often using the phrase, this ain't St. Petersburg. The Pirates can only follow the Rays model, which, by the way, they don't acknowledge doing. But they can only follow that model to an extent because they do have to deal with an actual public that's invested in what they're doing. They do have to deal with an engaged media. They do have to deal with 136 years of history. The Pirates run through this city's blood. You're not going to pull the wool over someone's eyes, and you're not going to convince them under any circumstance that you should move a player at X point in his career 
in order to beat the system by reflooding your own minor leagues with new talent and just keeping it going and going and going. Look, Gary, we, we live in a city where Andrew McCutcheon was traded for Brian Reynolds and people around here still complain bitterly about Kutch being traded. They don't even know the name of the guy who came back. He's one of the 10 best hitters in baseball this past year. We get caught up in names and we get caught up in narratives and we know that Roberto Clemente spent every single game of his career in a Pittsburgh uniform, that Willie Stargell did that. And then we look at the salary cap teams that are in town and we see that Ben Roethlisberger spent his whole career here and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Mario Lemieux and everybody else. And we don't get why baseball is different. The Rays and the people who run them do get that. They do get that. And they've responded not by trying to join the system, but to beat it. And one main reason they can beat it is because no one down there cares. No one watches them. I mean, I shouldn't say no one. There's a handful. Of course there is. They're in the playoffs. They're in first place. They get some people there. But nowhere near enough to make any kind of difference in terms of their business model or their approach to baseball. They actually use it as a plus. And that's not going to change until they get out of there. If they play half their games in Montreal, as they keep talking about doing, that's still not going to make a difference. It's just not, because people in Montreal will just be happy to see Major League Baseball. What is going to make a difference is if they move and they go to a market where everybody really cares. And then it's going to be, wait a second, you can't trade Blake Snell. We love Blake Snell. There's just a different dynamic that comes into being. I appreciate the question, Gary. That's really good stuff. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do it again tomorrow.